Hi, I'm Harry Littman, host of Talking Feds, a roundtable that brings together prominent figures from government law and journalism for a dynamic discussion of the most important topics of the day. Each Monday, I'm joined by a slate of Fed's favorites and new voices to break down the headlines and give the insider's view of what's going on in Washington and beyond. Plus, sidebars explaining important legal concepts read by your favorite celebrities. Find Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mueller junkies. We're working on taking Mueller She Wrote to three episodes per week, and we have a goal of 7,000 patrons to make that happen. So head over to patreon.com slash Wrote and join today. We'll send you gifts, you'll get ad-free episodes, access to our bonus episodes, and membership in the MSW Book Club. You'll also get our weekly newsletter with infographics, pictures, and my personal show notes with links to all the pertinent articles for the week. You'll also get discount codes to our live events, and you'll get access to our closed Facebook group where you can participate in our Fantasy Indictment League. So head to patreon.com slash wrote today and sign up to get access to our additional two episodes per week. You'll be glad you did. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Mueller, She Wrote. I'm your anonymous host, A.G., and with me, as always, is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we have an amazing show for you this week. It's all Mueller all the time. It's insane. There's an insane amount of news. Uh, in our Flip It Blue segment, we'll be talking to activist and confectioner Ben Cohen from Ben & Jerry's. And we have a, a very special guest live in studio today, one of my favorite comedians, national touring headliner Zoltan Cassis. Woo! Hi. Hi, Zoltan. Am I saying Cassis right? You are saying it right. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like I should have gone, gotten introduced before Ben from Ben & Jerry's. <laughs> Because it didn't build up the right way. When Ben and Jerry's, and then uh, Zoltan's here too. And you're like, oh, 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 oh all right. Unless they only knew you. Yeah. Uh, it, have you ever thought about just by going by Zoltan? So I did in the beginning. I, I went so. by Zoltan because open mics, no one could pronounce my last name. And then I think one person came up to me and they just went, you go by Zoltan? What do you think you're, what do you think you're Sinbad? And... <laughs> I was hey, like, I love Sinbad, <laughs> but yeah, that never left my head. So I'm like, Zol- Zoltan Cassis, please. <laughs> <laughs> they got to you, basically. <laughs> yeah, they got to me. <laughs> All right, well, welcome. Uh, I'm super glad to have you here. You did pick a hell of a week to join us, man. There was a tons of Mueller and Trump Russia news this, that hit this week, but we didn't hear about it in the media because uh, Hurricane Michael made landfall. And uh, most of the news coverage has been about that. You were on a cruise ship doing comedy that had to be diverted away from the Caymans, where all of Manafort's bank accounts are. Uh, (laughs) So because of the because of the hurricane, was it scary? Yeah, it was terrifying. And yeah, I missed all this news uh, because of the hurricane. And I was in the hurricane and I got to see the people affected by this hurricane. And it shouldn't have been newsworthy. (laughs) 
it was just a bunch of people going, we're hunkering down. Do, 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 do. And like, why is why are we interviewing how this person put on floaties and stayed in their trailer? I uh, we could have learned about this, but that thankfully we're going to learn about it today. Yeah, that's what it's that's what the that's why we do this. Um, <laughs> That's why we're here. So, uh, and, you know, despite the hurricane, Trump went on with his hate rally in Pennsylvania. Uh, but I'd expect nothing more of him to act like a complete pile of hypocritical garbage because he tweeted in 2012 when uh, there was another hurricane that Obama was doing a rally. And he's like, bullshit, you have to be impeached immediately if you don't, if you act that way. And mm-hmm. here he is. There's a tr- Trump tweet for everything. I mean, are, it's so hard to cover this hypocrisy because it's like every week he's doing something that Obama would have been impeached for. And it's just it's heartbreaking every time. Or they would have tried. Uh, but no matter what's going on, you can uh, tune in here and hear the latest on Bob Mueller. So this week, Jaleesa is going to be covering the referral of Kavanaugh investigation uh, by Justice Roberts to the Tenth Circuit Court. And Jordan, you're going to go over Trump's new defense in the face of Russian interference. It's really funny, yeah, uh, and sad, and also it'll probably work. And I'll be <laughs> I'll be talking about the Mueller hat trick this week that includes the reporting on the Alpha Bank server, uh, communications with Trump Tower, Peter Smith's connection to Michael Flynn. And Rick Gates's connection to the Psy Group and what they all have in common. I picked this out, and I, I haven't heard anybody else talking about it. I think it's significant, but I also could be crazy. Um, I'll give you the straight up facts and what's new, and then I'm going to wildly, you know, go off on some conjecture for you, and I'll make sure to delineate which is which. Uh, Zoltan, feel free to jump in any time. Uh, and oh, I will. <laughs> and f- Mainly to ask questions like, "What's conjecture?" Meant? <laughs> I think that would be helpful to some newer listeners. Like, oh, thank God that guy, that dummy's on there. Definitely. Yeah. I learned on this podcast what conjecture means, nice. basically. Yeah. And, and to, I want to kick it off, though, before I get into the news. I, I had, we don't have, it's not a correction from last week, but I did get an awesome email that we got regarding our conversation about pap smears and bagels <laughs> and schmear. No relation. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, schmear, smear. And, and basically, here's the little note we got. Um, she says. Uh, I was listening to your podcast last night while I was looking at pap smears at work. Uh, I'm a pathologist, and a significant portion of my job consists of analyzing these samples. AG, you're right about the smear being the action of smearing the cells (laughs) from the cervix onto a glass so they can be examined under the microscope. Zoltan, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, The pap part is short for uh, papanakalau, which is the name of the coloring technique used to make the cells visible, named after the guy who invented the test. Um, Papadopoulos was not involved. In oh. this, well, that's fortunate. Yeah, that would involve time travel. <laughs> yeah, it's Papa Nakalau. <laughs> how, how about these, didn't he play uh, for the Steelers? Yeah, well, there's been a few of the, the, the long Greek names, but how about this over <laughs> overall theme? What's up with these like uh, selfish doctors just naming things after themselves yeah. and scientists <laughs> like? That reminds me, like, when I was at the movies and there was the Gary Sinise Foundation. And Gary Sinise, I don't even know what the foundation does. <laughs> I just couldn't get over the arrogance of naming it yeah. after yourself. Yeah, it's not even an easy name for people to pronounce. It's yeah. just selfish. Yeah. How'd you come up with that name, Gary? <laughs> How'd you come up with the Gary Sinise Foundation, you arrogant bastard? It's like, it's like Lou Gehrig's disease. What? Yeah, Lou Gehrig. What the hell is that about? Don't you have a wife you care about? Like, name it after her. <laughs> Isn't it enough? You're already giving the speech in a stadium? All right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, anyway, uh, with everything that went on this week, uh, we should get to it. Let's kick it off with just the facts. Well, the news hit the ground running Sunday uh, of this week with a story from the Wall Street Journal with an update on Peter Smith. He's the Republican strategist that committed suicide last year. Uh, if you recall, we first came across Peter Smith a couple years ago when Slate wrote an article about him and his hunt for the Clinton emails. 
uh, he was going online on the dark web and he was trying to, you know, find us. Hey, get them, give me the emails. Uh, I'm looking for the emails. And then again, we talked about him during our review of Russian roulette when we learned Peter Smith had reached out to Matt Tate. That's a cybersecurity expert with the FBI. and he, He's the one who uh, outed Guccifer 2.0 as Russian. Mm-hmm. And he reached out to ask him to verify if what he found were actual Clinton emails. And Tate was sus- suspicious, um, first of all, because that's weird. But also because um, Peter Smith wouldn't say who his dark web contact was or what the dark web is. <laughs> uh, and he, he got the impression that Smith was working uh, for the Trump campaign because he said he was in touch with Flynn and Flynn's son and other top Trump aides. Um, Smith accidentally sent a memo to Tate saying he was planning to set up a a Delaware LLC called KLS Research to conduct oppo research on Trump or for Trump um, against Clinton. But in a way, he he wanted to do it. And he said in the memo, I want to do it in a way to avoid campaign reporting. Um, (laughs) The memo also in a memo. Why do people put this shit in writing? I don't know. What was their email subject? uh, Like not colluding or something like that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was the Russian one. Yeah. 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 That was a. what was it? Ha- uh, spying? Or I can't remember. It was, <laughs> it was obvious. Yeah, yeah, very obvious. Uh, and the memo also noted that several top Trump aides were involved. He named uh, Bannon, Kellyanne Conway, Flynn, Clovis, and Lisa Nelson. Um, Tate's name was in there, too, though Tate said he never agreed to be part of it. Their conversations petered out, and Tate was never clear as to whether or not Smith had any contact with Trump insiders. Bannon and Conway would say later that they didn't know who the hell he was. <laughs> and Smith later told the Wall Street Journal he had found five groups of hackers that claimed to have the Clinton emails and suggested they take them to WikiLeaks. Um, interestingly, the Wall Street Journal came across a piece of intelligence that the intelligence community had collected. Um, they, they had collected information indicating that Russian hackers were indeed discussing how to find Clinton's emails and how to get them to Flynn through, through a cutout. And it was never determined if Smith was that cutout. Seems pretty obvious now. Mm-hmm. In May 2017, he committed suicide by asphyxiating himself within, in a hotel room in Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, <laughs> I have to say it that way. I'm sorry. This is the most appropriate time for that. <laughs> And we have so many fans there, too. I love Minnesota. Oh, yeah. And there, there was a note next to him that read, no foul play whatsoever. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> like Trump wrote it himself. <laughs> it's in crayon. Mm, no yeah. foul play. No so-called foul play <laughs> whatsoever. Because <laughs> who uses the word whatsoever? He uses right. it all the time. Uh, then in episode 28, our episode 28, back, back in August, we learned Adam Schiff had gotten a hold of all the documents from Peter Smith's estate. Um, I don't know if he went to an estate sale and they just had him, uh, but he got him. And then in, in episode 41 in August, we reported on the BuzzFeed story about the timing of Peter Smith looking for the emails. It was in the time period right before Trump made his plea to Russia that he hoped he could find the 30,000 emails that were missing. So that's kind of spooky. And then finally this week, more news broke on Peter Smith, including the discovery of over $150,000 put into that Delaware LLC. We know that he opened, but we don't know if or to whom he paid that money. Uh, and later this week, we learned that there is now email proof of a link between Flynn and Smith. They had met in the fall of 2015. So he, uh, it's looking more like he is the cutout that Flynn between him, between uh, WikiLeaks and Flynn. And that could be the tie to the Trump campaign. So put some beans on that. And remember uh, Peter Smith, because I'm going to bring him back up in hot notes. Okay. So that's one of the hat trick is Peter Smith. Nice. Tragic. Hmm. I don't think Russia did it, though, because Russia never leaves notes like that. They're just like... Yep, fuck you. Maybe he jumped. Maybe we killed him. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they just actually use Novichok uh, and people yeah. are foaming at the mouth or they fall down six times mm-hmm. yeah, and hit yeah. their head real hard and break their neck when they fall down. Yeah, there are no fake notes. No. 
Uh, on Tuesday, we learned uh, that the feds have seized Oleg Deripaska's Upper East Side mansion as part of being sanctioned. Woohoo! Uh, Oleg Deripaska is the Putin guy. Um, he was hanging out with Manafort uh, through Kalimnik, who mm-hmm. was indicted with the Russians. That's that's who Deripaska was. He was hanging out with uh, Nastya Rybka, yeah. right. the sex coach on the yacht in Norway, <laughs> downloading the PM stuff, mm-hmm. the Prime Minister Russia stuff. Yeah. Is he also known as an oligarch? Yes. yes. That will be the smartest thing I say on that. <laughs> He is a Russian oligarch. An oil gark. And he's, oh, aluminum gark. Yeah. Oh. Aluminium. Aluminium. Wait, he doesn't have any ties to oil? Uh, I'm sure he does, but he's the aluminum magnet. Wow. Aluminum magnet. That aluminum like magnate. Something you, you get so when cool you graduate now. college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the aluminum guy. Um, which is why the tariffs the are tariffs such a big were, deal. Yeah. And there's more news mm-hmm. on that later. Then on Tuesday, the New York Times dropped a bomb about the Psy Group. Jaleesa, you did a bit about the Psy Group in one of your hot notes. And and the second Trump Tower meeting, right? That's the one that happened August 3rd. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, to me, is way more important than the June 9th, 2016 Trump Tower meeting. But back in March, we spoke to Scott Stedman, and Jaleesa did that hot note like I was talking about on Psy Group. They're a Russian-funded Israel, uh, sorry, Israeli research group, a lot like Fusion GPS or Orbis, where like ex-spies get together and make a, a company where they sell their services to get secrets and dirt on people. Mm-hmm. And um, that there were links um, to Eric Prince and Nader to the Psy Group through the through the owner of Psy Group named Joel Zamel. And we learned back then that Zamel had received two million dollars shortly after the election and that the firm was working with those who attended the second Trump Tower meeting in August 2016, like I was talking about. This week, we learned that it was Rick Gates, actually, that had been put in touch with Psy Group by a guy named Birnbaum. Who asked? <laughs> I know that guy. It's fucking people. By a guy who asked for Gates's email address from a guy named Sager, not Sater, not Nader, but Sager, and not Bob Seeger. So it turns out Rick Gates had received proposals as early as March 2016 during the primaries, outlining a plan for Psy Group to sway over 5,000 Republican convention delegates to the RNC by attacking Ted Cruz personally, and then got further proposals on opposition to Hillary Clinton after the primaries were won. Gates reportedly turned down the proposal, but this new reporting shows that it was Nader, in fact, who was the second Trump, who was at the second Trump Tower meeting that paid Zamel and the Psy Group the $2 million just after the election. It's important to note that Nader is one of the only people in the entire Mueller investigation to be granted immunity in exchange for his testimony. So remember the Psy Group, Sager, and Gates for my hot note. That's the second part of the hat trick. Burnbomb? That's the best name I've ever heard, I think. Burnbomb. That sounds like a... Burnbong. That's what I was thinking. Baum. B-A-U-M. Oh, okay, okay. Burnbaum. Sounds like a generic Icy Hot brand. (laughs) (laughs) And you know their family made millions off of that. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So he's on the rowing team. That's a waspy name. (laughs) Oh, like Burnbomb? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like... The burn bombs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you yeah. burn bomb the Boston burn bombs? That's very true. <laughs> They're lakeside estate. <laughs> um, a, a third huge story dropped earlier in the week, all around the same time, these three stories, and it was in The New Yorker, uh, which is a really well-written piece about what might have been going on when, the, when we found out the Alpha Bank servers were communicating with the Trump Tower servers. The bottom line of this reporting is that two independent groups of experts, cyber experts, were deployed to research the data. And what they concluded was that the communications were not normal kind of communications. They didn't seem automated. And once the New York Times reported this story in 2016... Um, the Trump domain name was taken down within two days of that report, and a new one was put up in its place. It was like Trump domain one uh, instead of just Trump domain. So, and then then the communication resumed with that new uh, server name. 
And so it's also of note that both groups of, of experts independently reported what the communications known as DNS lookups could have been. They could have been uh, uh, messenger apps or even something called foldering. Now, foldering, I know that sounds familiar to you, is when you log into Gmail, you write a draft and you don't send it, and then someone on the other end logs into that same account by pinging your server, creating a DNS lookup, opens the drafts and reads your message. Because if you send an email, that's too obvious. So whatever the communications were, the experts say it was not typical, it was not automated, it was kind of primitive, it looked like it was something set up ad hoc that had already existed. And um, that w- and it, it you know was put back into use all of a sudden. So keep this story in mind for the third part of my hot note. Could someone folder a dick pic? Yeah, you can folder anything. <laughs> you can folder anything, man. You just leave it in your draft, and like I'll check it out later. Yeah, but you'd have to give somebody your login and information. Oh, well, we are being intimate at that point. So. <laughs> Not that intimate. I mean, there's dick pic intimate, and then there's like you can get into my Gmail account. And That's fair. I, we I need to go to City fast. Hall and sign paperwork for that to happen. Yeah, nobody sends me unsolicited Gmail logins. Right. <laughs> um, and to wrap up Tuesday, Richard Pinedo was sentenced to six months in prison with six additional months of house arrest and two years of probation. Pinedo is a California guy who was indicted along with the 13 Russians and three Russian entities because he set up their fake identity and bank accounts so they could walk around in America acting like Americans and trying to campaign for Trump. Uh, In the court transcript, we learned that Pinedo did implicate other criminals, but the prosecution said those crimes were outside the scope of the Mueller probe and they couldn't divulge the information because it could be used in a future investigation um, and that they would likely refer those out to other U.S. attorney's offices because they don't fall within the Mueller scope. Unfortunately, because the case is open and ongoing and it's not within the scope of the Russia probe, the government could not commit to a Rule 35 motion, which is a motion to consider a lighter sentencing for cooperating. Um, uh, uh, Pinedo apologized, basically saying he was just a pet fraudster who who yeah i set up fake idea or fake identities but i had no idea i was helping the russians commit treason in the 2016 election um and the sentencing guidelines for him were 12 to 18 months so he got six months that's not too bad but he could have gotten a lot less if he were able to use if they were able to tell the judge what information you know who else he tattled on basically Uh, Maddow made it seem like it would scare guys like manafort gates and flynn that there was a six-month sentence but i don't think those guys would implicate anyone who would fall outside the Mueller probe. So the government wouldn't be as hesitant to commit to a Rule 35 motion in their cases. So, What's um, Rule 35 motion? That's when you uh, use their proffer to, to get them a lighter sentence. Like, they mm-hmm. really helped us out. And they weren't allowed, they couldn't say, the government couldn't say who he turned in, like who he implicated, because it's outside of the Mueller probe. Mm-hmm. So it kind of screwed him that he's got caught up in this Mueller probe. If it had been any other regular case, they could use the Rule 35 motion. But since it's deal. outside, yeah. they couldn't say it. And, and Pinedo is the third witch, by the way, to be sent to prison <laughs> in the Mueller probe. So hey. three guys have gone Hocus to Hocus Pocus style. Someone should make a meme for us of like a poster <laughs> with the three guys that have the been The three sentenced. witches? Yeah, yeah. So basically he's a fake ID guy? A fake identity guy and a fake bank account guy. Yeah. Nice. So he set up all their bank accounts and stuff, not knowing they were going to do it to commit treason. Just mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm you just believe a regular <laughs> criminal. Yeah. And your gut, AG, what do you think? You what? think he didn't? He, he, does it sound clueless? Knew. Okay, that's fair. He, he doesn't need to know. He just has to set the shit up, I guess. And I he immediately helped. Like he was like, oh, when they found out, when he found out what he did, he was like, <laughs> oh, here's who told me to do it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's who helped me do it. Uh, so, he so he implicated all these other guys yeah, yeah. in in identity fraud who were now wrapped up in the Mueller investigation because it was for Russians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but he, you know, like I said, he can't tell the judge who those guys are. They haven't handed them off publicly to any other court because they don't want to let anybody in on what the open and ongoing investigation is. Yeah. 
is. And so he couldn't get credit, sentencing credit for those dudes. Damn. So this guy is essentially like the guy in high school that made fake IDs, but the only reason he could is because he had a laminating machine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's not that he was this genius. He's just like, no, my mom's got this laminating machine. <laughs> I can make you guys IDs, and then he gets busted. Oh, I, I didn't know anything. Yeah, He's yeah. just a dummy with a laminating machine. That's all he is. Yeah. And I picture the Russians like standing in front of a big board, like a like a life size drawing of an ID, like standing yeah. and putting your head through it, like, hey, mm-hmm. National That's Lampoon's cute. Vegas vacation, where he's holding up the cutout. And like, yeah. Here's your new driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I had one of those guys in college. He was called Chinese Fake ID Guy. Oh, and you would in your or- phone? And you, no, yeah, no you, had to, you had to order. I don't even know if he was based in China. I, have, I, have, I, I don't know who this person was, but you, you could only order 10 at a time at minimum. Wow. So you had to get like a Ten whole ring together. going. Wow. And then they would send them to you in these really like extravagant things. So he, he sent like a jewelry box once oh. and you like opened it up and there was nothing in there. And, and we were like, what the like? What the fuck? And one of my friends grabbed it and smashed it on the ground, oh. and they all like fluttered out. He had oh. hidden them, and it was fucking. Now insane. that's cool. It I was like awesome. this guy. I mean, it's illegal, but I like this guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> illegal in the way that the Wolf of Wall Street is fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, well, if Cocaine, that's what you're gonna do yeah. with the money. Then Asses. yes. Yeah. yeah. Can get down with that. Quaaludes are nice sometimes. <laughs> sometimes Mondays. Check this out. Uh, Wednesday news broke that someone broke out a window at the Internet Research Agency in St. Petersburg and tossed a Molotov cocktail inside. Very fitting. Um, the troll farm is believed to be run by billionaire restaurateur Yevgeny Prigozhin. He's also known as Putin's chef, and he's one of the 13 Russians that was indicted in the Mueller investigation. Oh, hmm. He so, also cooks up treason. Yeah, so nice. somebody lit that thing on fire. Uh, but Wednesday was not yet finished with us. A friend of the podcast and staff writer for The Atlantic, Natasha Bertrand, wrote a piece about Trump's pivot from we didn't get any hacked Russian emails to exploiting hacked emails is free speech. Uh, And Jordan has that story for us later in Hot Notes. So Mm -hmm. that'll be interesting. Uh, Still Wednesday, uh, a bipartisan group of senators led by Corker, Leahy, Graham, and Menendez triggered the Global Magnitsky Act in response to what appears to be a state-ordered killing of Saudi journalist at the Washington Post named Jamal Khashoggi. In uh, October, actually on October 2nd, Khashoggi went to the Saudi consulate in Turkey to pick up some marriage documents and never came out. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, why you don't get married jokes in there, I'm sure. But uh, he didn't ever come out. And I, he, he could have been lured, but he was ambushed by the Saudis inside the consulate. He was interrogated and murdered and dismembered with a bone saw, according to Turkish intelligence officers who say Khashoggi was recording the entire episode with his Apple Watch. The bad guys got the watch and deleted the files when they were, I guess, when they were... Um, you know, they're thorough. Yeah. yeah. And, and they deleted the files, but not before those files were backed up to his iPhone, which his fiance had back at the house. So, OK, which Wait. was the which was his fiance. And, and at the time. So, yeah. So his fiance got those and she turned him over to Turkish authorities. So they actually have the files. I was. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's... They were up to the cloud and onto the phone oh and it went straight goodness. to his fiance. Wow. So it's um, no question. Yeah. Yeah. The Trump administration has 120 days to investigate. And if wrongdoing is found, he would lay down sanctions against Saudi Arabia. However, Trump uh, has not only indicated he does not want to do that. And he's bragged about his $110 billion arms deal with Imbissa. Um, that's Mohammed bin Salman, MBS. I call him Imbissa, okay. uh, which uh, we fact checked. And it's only actually $14 billion, whatever. But he and his son, <laughs> Trump and his son have started a smear campaign against Khashoggi, saying he's got ties to Osama bin Laden um, and jihadists. And he's tweeting that he's a bad guy, bad dude, bad hombre. 
Uh, Don Jr. went as far as to say he's a jihadist. And, and, and one has to wonder about Kushner, who has already been caught giving Mbisa intel so that he could topple traitors to the crown in Saudi Arabia. And I wouldn't put past this administration to be complicit here somehow. But at the very least, I'm sure Trump's investigation into this is going to be about as thorough as the one into Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, most congressmen and women seem pretty hesitant to let this one go uh, on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and um, Democrats, a ton of other senators, both on both sides have signed onto that letter. And um, they could pass sanctions on their own, uh, though the president would have to sign them, hold his nose and sign them like he did last time with sanctions that still most of haven't been uh, enacted. Trump said <clears throat> that was against Russia, though. Mm-hmm. Trump has said he doesn't want to give up his $110 billion arms deal with Mbisa. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he'll sell him out on this one. Um, so, in fact, Saturday morning, Trump did an interview where he said that the crown prince denies murdering Khashoggi. It sounds just like when Putin denies interfering in the election. Helsinki, yeah, yeah. they're pretty hardcore if he admitted it. He mm-hmm. said, uh, Kushner, uh, Jared Kushner called the prince and they denied it. And then he goes, they denied it in every way you can imagine. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So, in like eight languages? What does that even mean? I wish we could hear that conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, did you guys do it? No. Are you sure? No. No. <laughs> that's pretty certain. Yeah. That's all it takes for Trump. They denied it in every way you can imagine. Extra denied it. They denied it hard. Uh, and he goes, we're going to have to see. What we're gonna get, we're gonna get to the bottom of it. And if it happened, there would be severe punishment. Although he's not going to let go of the arms deal; that, right. that it would just be sanctions. Uh, but they would continue to sell arms to Saudi Arabia for 110 billion, 14 billion. Um, so he doesn't intend to punish them by canceling the arms deal with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, the 9/11 guys. Exactly. And okay. can I say something real quick? <laughs> the 9/11 guys. I, I understand that Trump and the administration won't do anything. That's obviously the case. But for the resistance, I feel like um, you, you mentioned like you think people won't let this go, like the Kavanaugh thing. But I was watching the Stanford prison experiment last night, and, and Jordan was telling me to watch it. It's amazing. And the guy in the end, he's like, I just kept doing more profane things and no one stopped me. And I feel like that's where we are. It's like we we can't just hope that people won't let it go. I mean, I, I trust that you're basing this yeah, on but like... Yeah, I'm talking about senators. Oh, yeah, exactly. And they aren't Even, letting it go. I Yeah, and that's that's what... I'm and we did we talk about to, Stanford prison experiment on this show. Before. Yeah, yeah. We we have to say like we have to say like really stop and like it's crazy because I guess we've been saying that and nothing's happening. So yeah, just, well, you can't blame yeah. us. We're saying yeah, it. yeah. It's just it's a crazy time. I I wonder like what they're gonna do. Well, it's important to note that in 2016, Saudi Arabia basically exiled Khashoggi for talking trash on Trump. Mm-hmm. So there's a motive. Uh, and another note to this story, just this week, Turkey released Brunson, one of our guys that they've had for a while, a pastor. I'm not sure if they're trying to curry favor with Trump or making some sort of trade, but I'd be very interested to see what happens with Gulen in the coming weeks. He's the Turkish cleric that Erdogan tried to give Michael Flynn $15 million oh, yeah. to kidnap and extradite to Turkey. So I'm not sure what yet. I'm not sure what the motive is, but Trump is a very transactional man. And there's probably some squid pro crow here somewhere. Yeah, uh, It could be as simple as Trump or Kushner both taking a bribe uh, from Mbisa in exchange for complicity. Kushner's got a lot of buildings he needs bailed out on. So, and Qatar already helped him, but Qatar is a Turkish ally. Uh, so it's just all it's all messed up. Put beans on it somewhere. Yeah. I don't know how. Sad beans. I don't like the idea that they just have guys that they just release sometimes. 
<laughs> you mean the hit squad? They're very blase. Yeah. The, yeah, the way that they describe them rolling in, in the trucks, they re- flew in. Yeah. Well, well, no, that they just are holding people. And then and then they just release them sometimes if uh, they can do a nice little trade a with, with. Oh, you mean America. the Trump administration? Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah That's what you said. It was an Ameri- deal. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, he's an American guy. They, yeah. They, they had. Same with our, the guys who came they back just from had, Korea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, we don't, need, to, to the best of our knowledge, we don't know if he's an American citizen. And they had to correct him, like Trump in real time. They're like, he's a who? permanent resident. Trump was like, this guy was. Which guy? I'm sorry. Uh, Jamal, the one that was murdered. He's not a citizen. He's a yeah, permanent resident. And But he was trying to brush it off like, oh, well, he's why saying would he's I not care? a citizen, right? Yeah, yeah. Care. Very uh, belittling. Would you kill a citizen for $14 billion in arms sales? That's basically what he's saying. Crazy. Except he's saying $110 billion. Exactly. So he doesn't sound like so much of an animal. He was like a regular contributor to WAPO, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a WAPO journalist. Yeah. Um, very sad. Uh, Wednesday night, the Washington Post dropped a story about what really went down with the Rosenstein fire drill we had last week. Remember that? Oh, Remember? Remember? We woke up one morning and the Chiron on CNN said Rosenstein was fired That's and then right. it changed to Rosenstein resigns. <laughs> and uh, we reported that for some reason it, it leaked that Matthew Whitaker, who is a Republican Fox News pundit turned Trump staffer, would be given the assistant DAG spot, that's Deputy Assistant Deputy Attorney General, or ADAG spot, instead of O'Callaghan, who is the pay DAG, which is a Principal Assistant Deputy Attorney General, who should be the next in succession. So, um, But it, this was right in the middle of the Kavanaugh hearing, so this kind of went under the radar, <clears throat> but it seems, it seems like a year ago. It was last week. But uh, now reporting in the Post says Trump recently talked with Sessions' chief of staff about firing Sessions. Uh, do you know who Sessions Chief of Staff is? It's Matthew fucking Whitaker, um, which is his name now, as far as I'm concerned. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have Snoop Dagg, we have Papa Dop, we have Lindsey Graham Crackers. Imbiza. Imbiza, Imbiza, Roger Stonehenge, and now Matthew fucking Whitaker. Papa Dingus. <laughs> That's what I always called him because I couldn't read his name. So I'd go, you know, that Papa Dapa Dingus guy. Nice. <laughs> Good one. Papa Dingus. It sounds like something Connor would come up with. <laughs> Inside joke. Anyhow, the Post says that Trump was going to replace Sessions with Whitaker. The AG was going to replace Sessions. That's the top guy at Justice with Whitaker, who's not even fit to serve as the assistant deputy attorney general. It's not clear if it was intended he uh, he would serve in an acting capacity or more of a permanent role. Uh, I thought for sure Lindsey Graham Crackers was auditioning for the attorney general job in his stunning performance in the Kavanaugh hearings. Mm-hmm. However, it seems Trump has abandoned all that, including the plan to install Whitaker as the ADAG and he, his plans to fire Rosenstein and Sessions. Uh, he seems to have abandoned that, though it's been reported that everyone in the DOJ does their job like it's their last day. So watch, <laughs> watch these beans. Yeah. <clears throat> well, his last name has the word white in it, so Trump likes that, you know. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Fast track to the top. Off to a good start. That way. He is very white. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, mean, I didn't helps. even fact check myself. If, uh, <laughs> I'm glad he wasn't black. That would have <laughs> been oh, yeah, a Roseanne moment. <laughs> You're taking a safe bet by anyone that's working with Trump. You can just say white, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You don't even have to yeah. You, you don't even have to look into it. Yeah. I was banking on that. I'm glad it paid off. Thank well, you. if if that weren't enough for Wednesday, there was more Wednesday. Oh, uh, CNN reported that Justice Roberts referred a Kavanaugh investigation to the 10th Circuit uh, 10th Circuit Court and Jaleesa is going to tell us about that later. And finally on Wednesday, um, we have officially become the proud owners of five Manafort properties including Ooh. his apartment in Trump Tower. Uh, I think it's time we throw a kegger. <laughs> we can just um, show up, right? We, just don't, we don't invite Kavanaugh, right? We could play some Devil's Triangle, maybe do some boofing. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? Okay. I'm down to boof. So it depends. If Are we talking boofing anal? Cause, or is it just anally injecting alcohol? 
That's still anal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but you you could boof <laughs> you know. vaginally. It's just, I guess it's not boofing no. anymore. But yeah, no. yeah. What about the, this crazy idea for a party? Consent. We <laughs> oh, <laughs> can have a consent party yeah. in Trump Tower. That's too late, Zoltan. That's I'm way too late. Yeah. <laughs> Republicans will come dressed as squares. <laughs> <laughs> Spin the bottle. Um, then Thursday finally came, and uh, something really weird went down with Crazy Judge Ellis. Crazy Judge Ellis from the Manafort trial. Remember Honey Badger? Don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. Um, we had Randall from Randall's Animals who did the Honey Badger thing. He came oh, and did our uh, Manafort trial uh, that is awesome. recap. It was so funny. It's like, Judge Ellis is crazy. Like, <laughs> Honey Badger, look, he doesn't give a shit. Manafort is fucked. It was just it was awesome. So remember Manafort's first trial, baby's first trial? He was found guilty on eight counts, but the jury was deadlocked on 10. They were hung on 10 counts. The prosecution usually has about 30 days to decide whether or not they're going to retry those charges or dismiss them. In this case, Mueller asked for an extension because he was trying to get a deal together with Manafort, and that extension was granted, and he wanted to hold those 10 counts over his head. um, To see, you know, if what kind of, you know, be like, hey, if you if you do good, we'll get rid of them. If you do bad, we're going to charge you We're going to retry them. Uh, And they set a hearing for this Judge Ellis set a hearing for October 19th to figure it out. Judge Ellis is demanding they make a determination on those 10 charges. Um, And he's like, we're going to get together on October 19th and we're going to talk about it. And Mueller, I think the motive here is just to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. The Virginia court is known as the rocket docket and Ellis is a honey badger. So I think he just wants to move this along so he can get Mueller's delayed decision. Uh, on the 10 deadlock counts. But Mueller wants to be able to hold those 10 counts over Manafort as leverage until he finishes finding out if the information Manafort gave him is worth dismissing the charges. And I have a feeling Manafort already has an idea as to whether or not he's going to dismiss those charges because, as Renato Mariotti told us, Mueller would already have all the proffer before the cooperation agreement was even signed because he'd have to know, Mueller would have to know if it was worth it to move forward with a cooperation agreement. Additionally, Mueller doesn't have just those 10 counts to hold over Manafort. He's got the sentencing for the eight guilty charges, plus all future indictments for crimes of collusion. Mm-hmm. And I use the term crimes of collusion because that's how they were categorized in the Rosenstein memo that outlined the scope of the Mueller probe. So Mueller has other carrots and other sticks for leverage, and he likely already knows if Manafort's proffer has been fruitful enough to dismiss those counts. But the problem here is that Ellis wants to know who Manafort has implicated and for what. And that could expose the investigation prematurely. So my guess is, and this is conjecture, is that Mueller will file a motion to provide that information, but only under seal and ex parte, to protect the integrity of the ongoing investigation. The report on Manafort isn't due until November 16th. So we'll see what comes out of the October 19th hearing. All right. It was conjecture only- means that you think this will happen. <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> exactly. It's not a fact. It's just me going, hmm, probably this. It was only one vote, right, that made those 10 it was one charges. Un- yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, if he could retry him, he would probably win. Uh, Mueller would. Um, so that's why he wanted to hold those over. But he's probably got so many other charges on crimes of collusion that, that future indictments, etc. And that's why when Mueller was asking for all the shit to be dismissed because he thought Mueller was out of his scope, he was asking also to be uh, safe from future indictments because he right. knows he's going down for this, mm-hmm. for crimes of collusion. It's just not he had, you know, Mueller just has to wait and he's got to blow his load all at once because if you leak it out oh, little God. by little, <laughs> if you trickle down, um, <laughs> then if you drip, then you can't. Then, you know, other defendants get wise to what you're doing and they can plan their defense and hide and destroy evidence. (laughs) Spoon their way out of a jail cell. (laughs) Hide in Joey and Chandler's entertainment center. Oh. 
Uh, I've been watching Friends. Also Thursday, Gates asked the court, uh, pretty please, could he get his ankle bracelet off and, and quit his curfew? It appears that Mueller is okay with that, so he can probably look forward to a little more freedom. He's still under very strict cooperation agreement, uh, so I'm sure it'll be fine. If Mueller says it's okay, it's okay with me. If it's, your, it's cool, your dad's cool with me. But Gates is having issues, including a lawsuit that was just filed against him from his former attorneys, saying he owes $369,000 in unpaid legal fees. Remember, remember he did that fundraiser via Skype in the Hilton Hotel lobby? That was sad, sad little man. <laughs> yeah, get a GoFundMe. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah come on, Patreon. A Skype fundraiser? And his poor, uh, well, he, he appeared via Skype because he couldn't go there publicly. Oh, okay. Because he was under house arrest. So they had it. Okay, got it. Okay. So he's like, help me pay my legal fees. And he, it was a Hilton. I know. It yeah, was nothing funny. says you don't need money than <laughs> your big fat face coming on a projector in a conference room at the Hilton. <laughs> yeah. Going, I really need some money. <laughs> yeah. what, dude, set this up at a Ramada. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm Rick Gates. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, so yeah, that was. I thought that was pretty funny. It's got to, like, his other lawyer, his current lawyers have to be like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That does not look good. Are you going to pay us, bro? <laughs> Are um, all of his assets locked up or something? He I, don't, like, I don't know if he has any assets, but the, I'm sure they'll be forfeited if he does. Uh, he's pretty broke. Uh, his family's never, he was never really rich except for the $750,000 he stole from Manafort. Um, but I think that that was probably spent. Damn, Are he any peaked. of these guys really that rich? Because it a, seems like one thing happens and they're just like, they got nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you living like me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Manafort's pretty rich. All right. Yeah. He had like $60 million he got. Um, from, but yeah, no, uh, it definitely does Anna seem Kovic. like their money's tied up in other things that they don't have access to, like an yeah. actual bank account. Uh, yeah, and they have to spend <laughs> it. Like, have yeah, spend I only it. have 10 grand to my name, but I have access to all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like now. Yeah. Touch you. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, I have, you didn't I have, have to a... launder it. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. When it's... you launder 10,000, you only get about 3,000 back. So, right. yeah. Well, no, it's all of it. I just go talk to Bank of America <laughs> and <laughs> talk to someone through a piece of glass and <laughs> they can give it. Yeah. 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 That's very lucky. You can uh, turn your couch covered in unicorn skin to a pawn shop or whatever they do. They are just. Uh, also Thursday, we learned Trump is taking remedial English classes so he can respond to the written Mueller questions. Um, I made up the English class thing. Oh, oh my God. God. If, if, you, if you remember a few weeks ago, Mueller agreed to allow Trump to answer the collusion questions in writing. Uh, well, he's been sharpening his crayons, it appears. <laughs> he's going to respond in writing. Um, feel free to create Trump responses and post pictures of them online. Make sure to tag us at Mueller She Wrote on Twitter and Insta. Hashtag Trump's Trump answers Mueller. I think that would be funny. Yeah. I'd like to see what you come up with. Uh, keep in mind that uh, Mueller is not allowing Trump to answer obstruction questions this way. But I don't know if that's because he's given up on getting them or if he's going to float a, a subpoena. Uh, my beans are on the latter. I think he'll subpoena him for the obstruction because, he, you know, Mueller is a, a law guy. He's a truth guy. And he knows that you can't get to someone's intent, which is the crux of proving an obstruction case, unless you interview them face to face. So I don't think he's going to go. He's going to be satisfied with written, written questions yeah. or no or no interview. I think he's going to subpoena him. And that's why we kind of all wanted to keep Kavanaugh off the court. But I, th- yeah. I think the rest of the court will be fine. Finally, Thursday, we found a memo filed from the court about the New York Times request to unseal the Cohen warrants. They filed a request like a, they sued or a suit. They, I don't know if they sued. But anyway, the government... Um, had filed a motion not to hand those over, <laughs> or at least if they had to, to do it under seal and ex parte. The judge granted part of the motion and denied part of it. My guess is that he denied the October 26th or the November 2nd deadline and moved it to October 26th, but uh, that he granted the rest of it so uh, that he could do it under seal and ex parte. What is ex parte? Uh, the other party can't see it. Oh. <clears throat> so it's just it's just like... 
I'll just hand you some papers and you can read them, but nobody else can. Right. And like middle school. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> like middle school. It's passing notes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's how like, I receive what? it. Only yeah, for sorry. Janice's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, for your eyes only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the, yeah, F-Y-E-O? Yeah. That's it. Oh, it takes me back. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say instead of ex parte and under seal. F-Y-E-O. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have till October 26th. We'll keep you posted on that. Important to note, the court filing said there was an open and ongoing investigation. And as we know, the Trump org is being investigated. So we'll probably see some Trump indictments soon. Beans. And Friday. We made it. Uh, Trump thought it would be cool to give Deripaska more time to sell off his stock and relinquish control of his aluminum company <laughs> um, for our friends across the pond. It's aluminum. Um, <laughs> and uh, that way he can avoid sanctions. Um, but but we got we got his mansion, bitch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. We it would be cool if we could. No, yeah. we did. It, like, it's it belongs to the public. Oh, like we like a museum. Like, <laughs> the government we, seized it. Can I take a shit like in the toilet? Like, no, probably not. Oh, OK, OK. Are Although most people sleeping on a bench out front. Like, <laughs> then we don't then have it. It's public. Yeah. <laughs> Matt out posted a funny tweet. She's like, the sign up sheet is on a clipboard hanging outside. <laughs> Weekends are filling up fast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Or actually, that might have been the Trump Tower that we got from Manafort. Oh. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back. Greetings, Muller Junkies. We're going to be at Politicon in Los Angeles on October 20th and 21st, and we will be having a live show on the podcast main stage on Saturday, October 20th at 3 p.m. And we have 10 pairs of totally free tickets available. That's like a $120 value each. All you have to do is become a patron at the $11 a month level. No contracts. Uh, just visit patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote, find the $11 tier, and send us the name of you and your plus one. You'll not only get your two free tickets to Politicon, but you'll get our newsletter with my personal research notes, access to all our bonus episodes, membership in the MSW Book Club, uh, ad-free episodes so you don't have to listen to this shit. Uh, and you can join our closed Facebook group where you can play in our Fantasy Indictment League. So head to patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote today. Then do us a big favor. Follow us on Twitter at MullerSheWrote for updates and breaking news. And then head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. It's so much fun when we outchart Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. And it's the subscribers that drive it. So feel free to give us a rating. We may just read it on the next episode. And thanks for supporting Women in Podcasting. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. So today we have some amazing reporting from Jordan on a pivot from Trump on hacked emails. But first, Julissa, you have an update on Kavanaugh for us. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. I love how you're like, you got some amazing reporting. Yeah, but first, no, let's just get this. <laughs> no, no. You do have amazing reporting, Jordan. But before we get Thank to you. the amazing yeah, part, yeah, it's reporting something someone else has reported on. So. <laughs> as we amazing have, as that can be. We have more amazing reporting yeah. for Julie. Okay. On Wednesday, Chief Justice Roberts announced in a letter that he's transferring Kavanaugh's misconduct complaint to the 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for further review. This news comes despite the fact that the complaints were originally made with Kavanaugh's previous court, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. In fact, the circuit executive of that court asked Roberts to transfer the case to another circuit out of, quote, concern that local disposition may weaken public confidence in the process. So these conduct complaints include events like 
like the testimony that Kavanaugh gave last month during his confirmation hearing. However, they do not include his conduct as a sitting judge. And Roberts specifically addressed the letter to Judge Timothy Timkovich, Tim Tim, the chief circuit judge of the Denver-based 10th Circuit. In it, he explained that he selected this court to review the enclosed complaints and, quote, any pending or new complaints related to the same subject matter. This allows Tim Tim the authority to handle the complaints himself, dismiss them, or appoint a special committee to review them. There are more than a dozen complaints filed against Kavanaugh between September 20th and October 5th. Yeah, he's busy. In a press release, D.C. Circuit Judge Karen LaCraft Henderson stated, quote, The complaints seek investigations only of the public statements he has made as a nominee to the Supreme Court of the United States, end quote. And according to this article, Judge Henderson dismissed some allegations that she found because they lacked sufficient evidence, but she still chose to move forward with other complaints. And I don't know how optimistic we should be considering that this Tim Kovich guy is, you know, the leader of that court and he's a George Bush appointee that is also on Trump's shortlist to be the next Supreme Court justice. (laughs) So he's handling the Kavanaugh complaints is what we learned. Yeah, that's weird since Merrick Garland uh, recused himself from the complaint filed by the ethics uh, mm-hmm. well, Dem Coalition, Scott Dorkin. But this guy's going, I'm, I'm not going to recuse myself, even weird. though I'm next in line. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. although if you think about it, it could go either way, because if Kavanaugh gets removed and he's next in line, then he could get a job if Kavanaugh goes down. Exactly. So mm. or he could be like, ah, if Kavanaugh goes down, Trump's not going to give me a job. So it could right. go either way. I'm what sure he's had a meeting want? with him. Yeah. That seems like another conflict of interest. Then <laughs> why would you pick someone that's on a short list? Mm-hmm. It's a huge conflict of interest, but yeah. they don't care about that they got bigger conflicts too so this one's probably not even gonna make it on the radar yeah it's a conflict of necessity yeah other things i think they're dealing with all right cool we'll follow that we'll keep we'll keep you all posted i Mm -hmm. mean obviously it's our goal to get that guy unseated i mean do you think anything's actually going to come of that though i hope but like you know i I don't know i guess at this point like ag said if the guys do want to do anything in our favor it'll be probably for selfish reasons so well pile it on i mean you know it it might not be any one specific thing that gets him off the bench it could be a culmination of a bunch of different things that Mm -hmm. force him to resign so pile it on as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah let's just see i mean i I hope so. I'm, I'm getting more skeptical. I don't want to. I just hope maybe riots will make me. <laughs> a little well, look more. at it this way. Don't you know, don't be sad about being skeptical, because at least we have somebody on the court we can remove. There's a chance True. we can remove him. If, if, if he hadn't gotten through and, and Trump would have appointed someone else, they'd be there forever. Yeah. Yeah. So at least take a little solace in the fact that we've got somebody who's not untouchable. Exactly. Good point. I have a question. What does it take to take uh, to unseat a judge? <clears throat> well, there's yeah, impeachment. I have no idea. Yeah, you can impeach him, but you got to have two thirds of the vote, so that's unlikely. Mm-hmm. And it depends on what you find on him. I mean, if there's some sort of crazy smoking gun, or if he, you know, the the bar association could take his. Uh, could disbar him, but that doesn't okay. pre- that doesn't preclude you from sitting on the court. But if he gets enough, <laughs> amazing, you lose That's your insane. bar. <laughs> yeah. You can't practice law, but you can still do this. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So impeachment, scary? but how many uh, like how many tweets? How many riots and tweets so we can get that cooking? And and we have to remember that the way that our system is set up, it does work. It worked for Nixon. It worked for Clinton. Uh, I think it'll work in this case. We just have to have faith in it. There are always improvements we can make. Like when I say the justice system is awesome, I'm not talking about the kind of justice system that, uh, you know, um, incarcerates majority people of color and fucks them over for the rest of their lives and right, makes right. them felons and doesn't let them vote. I'm not talking about that justice system. The I'm, big I'm, picture. I'm talking about the 
It's like when, you know, on HGTV, when it's got, when a house has good bones. Yeah. We have a good foundation. That makes sense. I do believe in that. You're right. It's like, as soon as we can get everything on the same level of what the system is supposed to be. Hence the, in order to form a more perfect union, which Mm -hmm. is grammatically incorrect, but it is a good sentence. It's an aspiration. Yeah. It's food. Like, we can go get food right now, or we can sit down and wait 30 minutes and get some better food. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. more sustaining food. food I like that. that won't hurt in three hours when we're sitting on the can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we or, Taco yeah. Bell now, we'll get diarrhea. So it seems like the justice system is not fast food. It's fine dining. Oh. Yes. oh. Damn. And I'm going to leave on that note. You guys have been lovely. <laughs> yeah. I will not say anything yeah. better than that. <laughs> I don't think you can get it any. Oh, yeah. You topped out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that, Julissa. Now, Jordan. Uh, in other amazing reporting, what do you yes. have? What do you have for us from uh, Natasha We're all Bertrand? Very insecure here. Yes, uh, I know. I've got to lift y'all up. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, Natasha. Natasha is a friend of the podcast, and she's been on a couple times. People who listen will know that. So it was cool. I didn't know she wrote the article until I got to the end of it, and oh. then it says she wrote it. <laughs> That's how reading things works. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So <laughs> Donald. Uh, Donald Trump's legal team is motioning to dismiss a case that was brought against them by two donors and one former DNC employee. This case is happening in the Eastern District of Virginia, and it is for illegally conspiring with Russia to disseminate hacked information. So this is basically over them publishing all of the hacked emails and uh what their defense team is trying to say they're trying to dismiss the case on the grounds of free speech like ag said earlier so they're saying that they have a first amendment right to disclose information even stolen information so long as one the speaker did not participate in the theft of the information itself and two the information dealt with uh, the information that they're disseminating deals with important matters of public concern as such, they're saying that voters had a right to know and that the need for free speech supersedes the need for privacy. So that's what their argument is. It doesn't is. supersede the need to not con- conspire with a foreign adversary to... Thank ad- you. Never I, I think this makes me think of the gun laws we have, which are also pretty weird. <clears throat> that's like, like saying I committed treason, but it's okay because of free speech. Yeah, or I, I, you know, there was a crime committed with a gun that I sold, but like, or that I bought, but I didn't know. It's just like it, you should be held responsible if you're involved and something terrible happens like that. And this is a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure is. Yeah, so they they actually, of course, it sure is. <laughs> I just noticed I said that, and I was like, "What the fuck did I just?" Say? And how, guys? Right? Am I right? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Who's and how? And how? Oh, and, and how? Sorry, how? So I thought it was that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like what I've learned from what I've sat here and listened to in this whole case, it's like if you're gonna break the law in this country, shoot for big air. <laughs> Because, first of all, the punishments aren't that long. You're like, he's going to spend six months in jail. But, like, if you go outside and you kill somebody, that's like a low-level crime. You're exactly. going to go to prison for life. You're going to break a law. Go for treason. Or go hire someone <laughs> to kill for you because, yeah. obviously, you'll get – yeah. That's the lesson we're learning. Yeah. yeah. No, that's brilliant, actually, because – That's the American dream. We're not here <laughs> you can to be mediocre. We're here to shoot for the goddamn oh stars. God. All right? Yes. Or shoot the stars. And, and you oh, will- <laughs> 
and you will be rewarded if you do so yeah, yeah. because it's harder to prove higher crimes mm-hmm. and like you said if they can't prove it then they just give you six months for lying to the FBI or some shit yeah. and then you're off I'm just gonna for- start going to that white collar criminal symposium that happens <laughs> yeah. white- did you they have that no, a white collar symposium a white, yeah. yeah they have a white collar crime defense symposium every April mm-hmm. at an undisclosed location Trump's a member <laughs> every month I'm gonna find out club? where it is but it's all like white collar criminal defense lawyers hanging out talking about white collar I'm like I can go learn yeah. If I were a white criminal, I would love that. How to shoot for <laughs> the stars. Never mind the collar. You just need <laughs> your, only your collar. collar. Your yeah. collar just needs to be white. They're an equal opportunity group. Okay, yeah. okay. My dad wears those do shirts all the time. I love my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He's a big fan of the show. In case you're listening, dad. Okay. Anyway, um, so so when these when when this defense team was. Uh, explaining their reason you know their motion to dismiss they quoted citizens united not a surprise uh adding that the first amendment leaves parties quote free to obtain information from diverse sources in order to determine how to cast their votes uh but the the issue the issue with this is that in like you were pointing out in doing it they're they're acknowledging the values of the emails that they got and the like they they even said the dnc emails clearly deal with matters of significant public concern so they're saying that that's the reason for releasing them and why it should be okay but on the other side of the coin that makes it so it becomes something of value from a foreign government which under campaign finance law is illegal (laughs) to obtain boosts them in the Mm -hmm. (laughs) pooper boosts them in the pooper <laughs> you know, I mean, when you think about it, if you say, uh, you know, releasing them because they have value gives them intrinsic value exactly. and conspiring to get something of value from a foreign entity is illegal. Exactly. Uh, wow. Yeah. And the defense continues to acknowledge the values of the emails and, and by putting so much value on these emails as a way to argue that the right to free speech overrides the right to privacy. Like you said, they're kind of backing themselves into a corner on the whole, you know, not allowed to accept anything of value from a foreign government side of the coin. So they're emphasizing the emails. Uh, they, they, they keep saying, you know, we ha- essentially the argument is we had to do it. It was important for the public to know. That's why we did it. They deserve to have a right to know. <laughs> and we weren't breaking any laws. But obviously, I think they're going to be like, meh. Maybe that's just their defense against the weaponization of the timing of the release of the emails and not necessarily the conspiracy to get them. Right. Uh, I don't know if they have a defense against that yet. Yeah. Well, no, that is. So the prosecution is getting them on the dissemination of the emails, not the hacking of the emails themselves. So by that, they don't even have to answer to the hacking part. They're just saying it wasn't illegal for us to publish something that we got from another source. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a pretty incredible way to go with that. It um, is, yeah. And they keep they 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 need to put like a foot in their mouth as always. Um, <laughs> that's like the nicest thing I could ever say. It's very sweet of you, Trump campaign defense attorney. <laughs> but they they keep they said that the DNC's interactions with rich donors were you know exposing these emails, and they go on to list all of the like really valuable amounts of information they got from them. So they just I don't even I don't know, dude. They're not, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I don't think that motion is going to be no probably not yeah much like all the motions to to contest Mueller's uh, legitimacy yeah or the scope like come at me bro the scope of his probe yeah, yeah. and then also preempting probe the- scope <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that what infomercial would that be 
probe scope. Uh-huh. I don't know. I imagine a device. But we don't not gyos. covered by insurance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Getting coming out of pocket. in the pooper. <laughs> oh, no. Only doctor recommends. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, and then to close this out, they defended themselves against a potential conspiracy charge saying, quote, a conspiracy is an agreement to commit an unlawful act. Since WikiLeaks posting of emails was not an unlawful act, an alleged agreement that it should publish those emails could not have been a conspiracy. Okay, whatever. <laughs> nice try. Um, yeah. It's never good when your defense is just reading the definition of the word. <laughs> yeah. According to WikiLeaks, yeah. I mean, uh, Wikipedia, yeah. <laughs> the definition of... Yeah, no, that's a great point. And that happens a lot. That yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Definition of murder is, dude, <laughs> dude you killed that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Technically, though. Well, technically, yeah. That's some good shit, though. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, thanks. All right. I'd like to talk a bit about a theory I'm cooking up. Um, about the three big stories that dropped this week, uh, one about the Alpha Bank servers, uh, one about Gates and his connection to the Israeli firm Psy Group, uh, and the Peter Smith update. And let me say, this is conjecture. A lot of this is conjecture. There'll be facts in here, but this is just hold on because it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna get tinfoily. Uh, I noticed there was something that was mentioned in all three of the stories, uh, a thread that runs through them all. And if they all drop pretty much at the same time, almost the same day, within the same 24 hours, 48 hour period, I think it could have been because of that one common thing. Like something was found and somebody had, you know, that had gotten out. Uh, It just seems odd, the timing and that this is one thing that that goes through everything. And I started to wonder about the timeline um, of the Trump campaign and the office server communications. So let's start with a common thread. All three stories, Peter Smith, Psy Group and the Alpha Bank story all mention foldering. And they mess- uh, and messenger apps, right? So foldering is that communications technique, like I said, where you log into your email, write a draft, don't send it because sending it is detectable. Uh, and there are uh, all, all three of these stories come on the heels of the Manafort cooperation deal. And Manafort is a known folderer. So <laughs> what makes that common theme of foldering and messenger apps important is the timing of these stories. It seems to me that foldering or messenger app Intel could have been the catalyst for these stories. And Manafort, as I said, he's a known user of foldering and messenger apps like WhatsApp and Signal. If you remember when Manafort was on house arrest wearing two ankle bracelets, mm-hmm. uh, the feds caught him foldering with a guy named Sager in an attempt to influence his testimony in Manafort's then upcoming D.C. trial. Manafort was subsequently charged with witness tampering, thrown in jail, and his bail was revoked. Uh, according to the amazing reporting about the Alpha Bank servers, as I mentioned earlier in the show, there were peculiar communications between the Alpha Bank server and Trump and the Trump domain, Trump Tower server. And to get answers, the cyber experts uh, found that these communications, they, they put two groups of cyber experts together, separated them so they didn't communicate. And uh, these cyber experts found that the communications between the servers called DNS lookups did not seem to align with patterns associated with normal email marketing or spam, which is what usually happens uh, in that you know between servers like that um, two separate independent groups of experts concluded these communications were likely not emails or spam but the the DNS lookup seemed to be random and manual not automated and they could be foldering which requires a DNS lookup to, to for the other person to log into your Gmail account or whatever email account you're using to folder or the utilization of a messenger app they do not have the messages um, they only have the DNS lookups and when they occurred. Though Adam Schiff did request the meat of the messages from uh, Sendine and Alpha Bank, uh, without but without subpoena power, he couldn't he couldn't get those data. 
Just so, please. <laughs> <laughs> so now remember Sager. That's the guy Manafort was trying to communicate with and was ultimately charged with witness tampering for and obstruction of justice for. Well, he pops up in the New York Times story about Rick Gates and Psy Group. Sager is the guy Birnbaum got Gates's email address from to discuss Psy Group capabilities. So now we have Manafort, Gates, and Sager all using foldering for sure and probably messenger apps as well. Now, Gates and Manafort went to work for the Trump campaign for free in March of 2016. That is the same month Birnbaum reached out to Gates about Psy Group with the proposals coming in March and April, and they outlined a plan to sway RNC delegates against Ted Cruz, Trump's number one opponent at the time. And they also outlined ways to do the same thing to Hillary Clinton after the primaries. The timing here is important because Gates and Manafort, known folderers, um, start with Trump in March. They get the proposals in April, and the experts looking into the Alpha Bank uh, server say that the bulk of the communications started uh, and occurred between May and September. It's of note that Vanderswan, um, you remember Vanderswan? He, mm-hmm. He's gone to jail. His dad was the director at Alpha Bank, and, and Vanderswan did 30 days in jail for lying about communicating with Gates about the Skadden Law Firm report they commissioned saying Yanukovych's opponent, Temeshenko, was indeed a criminal, lock her up, mm-hmm. uh, and that Yanukovych was a good dude. He's a good bro. Um, Yanukovych is the Putin-backed Ukraine candidate um, that Manafort and Gates worked for and got paid over $60 million for their work, which they subsequently laundered to avoid paying taxes. It's not a stretch here to presume Vanderswan, with ties to Gates, Manafort, and the Alpha Bank, would have used foldering uh, and messenger apps to communicate with Gates and Manafort about their work together on Yanukovych, so that system was already in place. So that establishes foldering as a common practice for Manafort and Gates, and that makes it very interesting that the independent cyber experts in the Alpha Bank story, both groups, said that they have said said that the, the communications they saw between Alpha Bank and Trump Tower seemed to be an ad hoc system or an already established practice that was employed just to communicate <clears throat> on the Alpha Bank back channel. And don't forget all the meetings between Flynn, Don Jr., and Eric Prince where secret back channels were discussed. And uh, speaking of Prince, the only other server Alpha Bank was communicating with during that time frame, May to September, was a pharmaceutical company associated with Betsy DeVos, (laughs) Eric Prince's sister. Yeah. And the now wholly ineffective Secretary of Education, um, she maybe she got that job for lending her company's server to build a back channel on. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Um, She's certainly not qualified, so... To me, it seems as though Manafort and Gates brought foldering with them to the Trump campaign in March of 2016, got in touch with organizations like Psy Group and began using their old ad hoc technique of foldering to communicate with Russia via the Alpha Bank server from Trump Tower between May and September. So how do we, that's the conjecture. Whew. So how do we prove this? Well, first, we have to flip the house so Adam Schiff can get the gavel back and order subpoenas of Sendine's records of what was actually communicated, what the messages said. Though Mueller probably already has these records because he has subpoena power and there are still sealed subpoenas on the docket. But most importantly, the new reporting this week shows that after the election, Psy Group was paid $2 million by Nader. Not Sater, not Sager, but Nader. He's the child molester guy. Oh, that guy. And the Trump operative. Yeah, yeah. And we knew that the payment occurred, but it wasn't until this week that they could connect it to the campaign activity. He, they, they, he, you know, Zamel and Psy Group was paid by Nader for campaign stuff. And now I'm, I'm 100% sure Nader can answer some questions, including why he paid Psy Group the $2 million if Gates didn't use their proposals. Or did they, in fact, do the work? Did Psy Group do the work and get paid $2 million? Where that $2 million came from, did it come from a Cypriot account? Because remember when Manafort had noted in the Trump Tower meeting they could use Cyprus as an intermediary? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nader would have all those answers. 
uh, and Mueller granted Nader immunity a while back. Nader is the only person in the Mueller investigation with immunity. And considering what a shitbag he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, you said child molester? Yeah. 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 I'm still hung on that. <laughs> huh. Like as if one or the other wasn't bad. You did both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a footnote in his resume. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's indicative of how central he is and how central this payment is to Mueller's case. It could be the crux of the entire conspiracy. It could explain why Manafort, the Manafort case, is the one that Mueller has not handed off. Uh, this theory also supports the importance of the Manafort cooperation deal. So. Nice. That's some good beans, AG. I have a quick little stupid thing. When you said we should give Adam Schiff the gavel back, it made me think we should do a hashtag like uh, get shifty or something. Like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They get swifty. Oh, yeah, get yeah, shiffy? Get shiffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get shiffy. <laughs> and then an emoji of a gavel. Yes. yes. We need to. Yeah. The young people, they need that. We can do it. Yeah. We got to get the youngs. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? <laughs> how many tweets do we need to get Swift back into the... Like 50 million, I think. So many Honestly, voters. In, yeah. in, in our lifetime, I think that'll eventually be how we vote on things. Yeah, really. for sure. How many tweets do we need? Tweet, hashtag, uh, should we take these steroids out of this milk? <laughs> <laughs> and then so you tweet. Sorry. Voting opens yeah. now. <laughs> All right, so yeah. well, that's that makes Trump ahead of his time a little bit. <laughs> He's like he got that right, the Twitter thing being important. It's scary how influential he is. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, he was the first president where I realized that. Uh, that like he's like a role model for the country. Yeah, like I what he does. I didn't yeah. even realize that with Obama because I just like no, everyone's just nice. And exactly. Polite. And then he comes in and everyone talks the way he does. Like mm-hmm. people say sad with a period at the end. Yeah, yeah. And they use all his word, and I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. so unoriginal. Especially kids. I've seen a lot of young kids imitating Trump, and I'm like, oh, that's what the power is. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. I never noticed it until mm-hmm. it was used for evil. Exactly. And then I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah, it's yeah. all fine and good when it's when it's awesome when yeah. it's an awesome person. Yeah, and you travel a lot Sultan too so you know how people see us probably oh yeah they just look at me I I was able to write a new political joke but I made it about food (laughs) and uh, it's about me working in Lake Tahoe and they gave us $75 a day food per diem so I ate at the steakhouse every night for six nights and I, I told him I go I was one steak away from being a Republican. <laughs> I was right there. Because yeah. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, oh and that's why I'm liberal, because I'm always on the way to the bathroom. That is beautiful. Yeah. So, And then people laugh, and I have both sides of the aisle there. Yeah. And then I go, I figured out how to write a political joke that everyone can be on board with. Mm-hmm. And you make it about food. Because yeah. we're very political right now, but America will always be fat first. <laughs> It will always be food first and then politics. Oh, my God. So that's why Thanksgiving, it's the best holiday. It yeah. is. That is so good. Yeah, I was happy about it. I wrote it by accident just because I was constipated. Yeah, yeah. From eating all that steak. Oh. And uh, <laughs> that's the go. only difference. Some of us are going to the bathroom too much and some of us aren't going enough. Mm-hmm. There's a happy medium. Yeah, in there yeah, some independence in the middle. Sure. I, I think <laughs> you have a way better spin on it, but it reminds me of my OKCupid bio. It's like one of those questions. It's like, uh, one are your goals? And I'm just like, I want to be rich enough to consider being a Republican. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if I'd go full on, but I just want to have the option. Just like, sure. fill yeah, it no, out. I yeah. just said, if I, it, what was it? If I had a dollar for every time I had to explain a joke to a Trump supporter, <laughs> I'd be rich enough to benefit from his tax plan. <laughs> <laughs> it comes like full that. circle, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so let me wrap, let me sum that up for you guys, because that was a lot um, on, on the hat trick there, this crazy news that came out this week. So, Manafort and Gates used foldering to talk to Alpha Bank back when they worked for Yanukovych. Then Manafort and Gates went to work for Trump in March of 2016 for free, with promises of campaign briefings to the Kremlin through Oleg Deripaska. We got his mansion. <laughs> and then they got proposals from Psy Group through Trump, uh, asking, or through a Trump aide, asking Sager for Gates's email address. 
Alpha Bank communications begin in May. The Trump Tower meeting is in June, with Manafort noting they could use Cyprus as an intermediary. There's a second Trump Tower meeting attended by Zamel from Cy Group in August, and Nader pays them $2 million for their work right after the Trump wins the election. And Mueller has all of that information, and I'm sure he's got the Sendine records too. Sendine is the, uh, one of the servers where all the messages are kept. And if, if we want a public investigation into these communications, uh, we have to flip the House. We have to get control of the Intel and Judiciary Committees. Unless, of course, when Mueller drops the bomb, likely before the end of the year, um, he's going to use, maybe he uses speaking indictments that spell it all out for us. And I think that we can safely say now that Trump is... You gotta get the bass. That's it. I love how you yes and us. I didn't even think. That's the one improv thing I know. Like, you better join in, you dummy. That's nice. Oh my gosh. Our listeners will love that. They will. They will. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, Muller Junkies, we have an exciting announcement to make. We will be broadcasting live on election night on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Periscope from 8 to 11 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be broadcasting live from the second stage at the Comedy Palace in San Diego Tuesday, November 6th. But wait, there's more. The same night on the main stage at the Comedy Palace, we'll be hosting a comedy show featuring A.G., Jaleesa, Jordan, and friends of the pod, Jesse Egan, Tamara Catan, and the architect of putting beans on things, Dallas McLaughlin. The show will be hosted by past guest Zach Miller. You can get discount tickets by proving you voted or with the code Muller. Tickets will be available at thecomedypalace.com. If you're a patron, you can get in super cheap, and we'll be sending out a code to you in every newsletter we send out between now and the election. So win or lose, laugh or cry, spend election night with friends, and join us Tuesday, November 6th at the Comedy Palace in San Diego. Doors are at 7 p.m. We'll see you then. So I'm going to change it up a little uh, this week. I'm going to go with Junior, Kushner, Stone, Arando, and Birnbaum. <laughs> Birnbaum is the guy that got Rick Gates the email address from Sager and put him in touch with Psy Group. So I'm just going to add Birnbaum. I don't know. I just like Birnbaum. So. I love piggybacking off of you because <laughs> I can't think of anything else. Uh, I had a ram- rando in my place uh, that I'm going to put Birnbaum in. So that's just Kush, uh, Junior, Ivanka, Birnbaum, and um, Stone. Stone, yes. Thank yeah. you. No problem. I'm going to play it safe. Kushner, DTJ, Stone, two randos. Two mm. randos. Nice. A rando. Random. Ra- random. Person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Random. yeah, like, a, like random someone we have never heard of. Like when Vanderswan got indicted and we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. What's a Vanderswan? Like the first time you hear the their is name that? is that they're getting indicted. My <laughs> favorite guy to dislike is Roger Stone. Okay. Oh. Yeah. He's my, because I watched that documentary on Netflix. Yeah. I haven't good. seen it yeah. yet. And I, I couldn't to... take my eyes away from his sewn in hair. Yeah. yeah. He has the worst body and hair I've ever seen. Did you mm-hmm. see his Nixon tattoo? Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> like this, Can't miss it. Yeah. So I got to have Stone in there. And just because I like saying his name, I like Papa Dapadingus. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He's in there. I don't know what new information he's going to come out with, but maybe something bad will happen. We'll find a dick <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so superseding indictments on Papa Dapadingus. Yeah, Dap- yeah. yeah. Okay. Papa Dingus. And uh, <laughs> what, oh, can we talk about uh, Nikki Haley? Oh. Can, we, can I throw her in as a, uh, like a, as a wild card? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'll be my flex position of, like, <laughs> of fantasy football where, like, yeah. you know, she could she could get no points. She could get a million points. Right, know? right. Yeah. yeah, you never know. That's yeah. interesting, yeah. 
Hell and yeah. two randos. Just yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Why not? She might plead for like something someday. <laughs> yeah, she she's complicit in some bullshit that we already see. So I wonder if she's done uh, some shady shit behind the scenes. Who knows what the hell she I think she's trying to get ready to take Lindsey Graham's spot. Yeah, that's what I heard. Is South she's, she's dipping out so she can yeah, gear up to and, run. Mm-hmm. Can I ask something about Or Lindsay just be Graham. put just be put there. Because if you're if you're a senator, you just replace a senator. Remember the governor replaces the senator like Al Franken got mm, replaced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <clears throat> if right. Lindsey Graham resigns to go be something else, A. G. or whatever, mm-hmm. um, Satan, um, <laughs> then he, a promotion. Then the governor of South Carolina can just appoint her. Now they she'd have to run again at the next election, but it's only special elections for House of Representatives mm-hmm. uh, people. What were you gonna say about Lindsey Graham? Oh, uh, I was going to say, because I watched all the Republican primary debates. Like, remember when there were 16 of them? Yeah, like, oh my God. I watched all of those. The Apprentice? The, yeah, <laughs> I was on the road and lonely, so I watched all of it. <laughs> I didn't watch highlights. I was it. at I home and not lonely, and I still watched all yeah. of it. What does yeah. that say about me? I watched all of it. And uh, from what I remember, Lindsey Graham hated Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't they have a big beef, or am mm-hmm. I misremembering? Oh, all of them. Mm-hmm. All yeah. Of them. yeah. They mm-hmm. all, and what a spineless coward, yeah. that guy. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he still talks like he's got balls on him. Yeah. It's like every news organization <laughs> that wants to have the truth, every time that he says something, they should play a clip of him from two, three years ago trashing this guy yes. that now he's like holier than thou to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And same with Ted Cruz, especially in the light of the news yeah. that came out this week where it's found out that, that Trump conspired with Russia to fuck Ted Cruz right? Uh, via an Israeli side group. Um, and, and Ted Cruz is using Trump to campaign in Texas against Beto. They're disgusting. I yeah. Like, he's... Oh. The, it also shows how worthless you are <laughs> that you need foreign help to take down Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Ted Cruz was supposed to be the Trump of the election until <laughs> Trump showed up. That's he's right. like the least yeah. likable guy in yeah. all of yeah. politics. Everything in his face points down. Like, there's nothing... <laughs> Nipples and all. Yeah, just and he played basketball with At Kimmel least... to try to be likable. And it's like, no, we don't want to see you in no. shorts, you creep. At least yeah. it's not like uh, Jeff Flake's face, which seems to be italicized because oh. his nose is all weird. That is yeah. perfect. It's, it's the weight of his his guilt on his face. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's getting to <laughs> him. You can see. Down yeah. slowly. He won't last much longer. <laughs> what yeah. happened to your nose? Guilt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guilt nose. The yeah. new GOP. No, that is, that is so true. I wonder if it's because when news first came out that Trump, you know, was getting elected or something, or he was running, they're like, no, this is ridiculous. This is a fluke. No one's going to go for this. And then as it seems he's still holding his power and yeah. things it's are crazy. happening, they're like, all right, well, I guess we got to just join him now. That's Everyone why- turned. Because yeah. I remember uh, I was in the South. I was performing at all these colleges in 2015. And I was the only things you can listen to when you drive are Christian radio or Rush Limbaugh. And I got to be honest with you, the only person that was behind Trump from the early days was Rush, Pill Pop, and Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like, this dude's trash. Or maybe that other crazy guy who's, Alex like, Jones. Yeah, yeah, who's like on a literal soapbox now because he has nothing left. <laughs> yeah. uh, those are the only his, two. <laughs> his soapbox like quits. I'm yeah. out. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. Even that sponsor left. <laughs> I'm out now, here, now he's on a street corner while people zoom by on bird scooters. And he's just like, but the, the chemtrails. Uh, but, Frogs are gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the those were the only two guys that backed him from beginning, and all these people are just like coming on now because they want to get reelected mm-hmm. or they want to keep viewers on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Totally, or they're, or they're compromised. Also, they they took a lot of uh, Russian donations, and the RNC oh, yeah. was hacked when the DNC and the DCCC were hacked, and yeah. no, no, none of those emails came out. So somebody's got them, and they could be using them. Lindsey Graham's emails were personally hacked. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 
So uh, I know we've talked. We had Sarah Kenzie on here. She came out a couple years ago saying I, they probably got some shit on Graham, and that's why he's you yeah. know flipping. And even if they don't, I think they very well could. I, but even, even if people, they don't, you think they could? Well, I think they do. But even if they don't, I feel like we mentioned last week with the Hindenburg effect, like the guy that gave power to Hitler. All these guys, they just feel like they're not going to go down for it personally, so they're just going along for the ride. That popularity boost Trump g- gives them, despite yeah. the fact that they go against their values, completely yeah. unethical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As much as I knock them. They're kind of doing what I would do as a kid <laughs> when I got busted in a lie. I would take it to the grave. Double down. Yeah, yeah you yeah. double down. You go, no, no, it's not true. And you could have all the evidence on a table And then you blame somebody it. else for yeah. it. Yeah. And then if all else fails, you start crying. You still don't admit to it. That's Trump. <laughs> That's great. That's Trump yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lindsey Graham is, but he's like the anti-Mr. Rogers sort of. Like yeah. he's, he seems, <laughs> he seems like he's like forcing trying to be hard all the time sort of, but he's obviously such like a... a uh, I don't want to say meek. I don't want to say anything disparaging about Mr. Rogers in this analogy, really. But right. He's just like soft spoken, just yeah. trying to show up and be like visceral. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be pretty funny uh, on if if they did a Mis- Mr. Graham's neighborhood and he comes just put like <laughs> just, like storm into the door like God damn it yeah. and yeah. like throws his shoes at people and puts oh on his gosh. fucking sweater and it'd yeah. be like the Eddie Murphy SNL sketch but from the white racist perspective yeah. like yeah. he doesn't want to be your neighbor yeah. Yeah. yeah when the black cop goes to like rest his feet in the kiddie pool he's like <laughs> no just sprays him just <laughs> <laughs> start yeah. dumping bleach in it all the fish in his tank are dead yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he just looks like a guy that would make puppets not fun mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like he wouldn't even yeah. try making a different voice he would just keep his same voice he's like hey can you just put a twinge on it <laughs> like mr rogers wasn't a ventriloquist you could see his lips move but he'd put a voice on yeah yeah, yeah. yeah graham Daniel. would just be so not fun he'd ruin yeah. puppets for us yeah. yeah he's a puppet yeah i was You're gonna say puppet. his face looks like one of the puppets yeah. it looks yeah, like yeah. that it has a very King's... terrence and philippi kind of cut to yeah it, yeah. it does oh, that's why kate mckinnon looks so easily kate like kate mckinnon is yeah. great with her, but she's got a lot of makeup on for that true true yeah. it's true she gave herself jowls yeah. No, that's yeah. one of my favorite words. I love the word jowls. jowls. Wait, so we got jaws and what? Jowls. Jowls. So it's, oh, so there's no like combination, there's no like mashup of a word here. It's no, like, it's a, that's no, a no, no, no. Jowls are the extra jowls. Oh, like, not like cankles. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. watch, look at any Republican. They're over the age of 65. Totally. And they have extra jowls. That's where they hide yeah. all their extra money. Also, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> their secrets. All right, you guys ready for sabotage? Oh, yes. All right, guys, there are now late-breaking predictions for the midterm elections. Uh, In the House of Representatives, 218 seats are what is needed to control the House. That's the majority. You have to have 218. Worst case, the Dems could only get 205. Best case, 262. Mm -hmm. Um, CNN is predicting they will take 229 seats, uh, and they need 218, so they'll they'll take the House. Mm -hmm. For the Senate, they're predicting the Republicans will actually pick up a seat, making it 52 to 48 in favor of the Republicans. But Dems could pick up three seats if they do really well, making it 51-49 in their favor. Um, worst case scenario, Republicans could end up with as many as 57 seats, which is not enough for a supermajority that's needed to pass laws or legislation mm-hmm. that aren't attached to the budget. Um, but if they retain a simple majority, they can still appoint staff and, and judges since Mitch went nuclear last year with the SCOTUS noms. So meaning he decided we don't need a 60 vote majority anymore. We're going nuclear. You only need 50 now. Mm-hmm. So the summary is that uh, Dems will win the House back, but not the Senate. Uh, if everyone, including people 18 to 29, show up at the polls, we could conceivably win the Senate, which would allow us to block judges. 
though we would need probably 52 seats because Joe Manchin is basically a Republican and Pence can break ties. So that's how important this is that, that everyone votes. Yeah. And I was just thinking, um, <clears throat> sorry, I just lost it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. You were just thinking. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. No, um, <laughs> It was this, <laughs> this like, if we backtrack two I'm seconds, thinking. it'll dawn on me. Um, we talked. I said this, uh, uh, if everyone, including people 18 to 29, show up to the polls, we could conceivably win the Senate. There we go. Okay. So going on this polar coaster, like a lot of people are skeptical about, you know, polls. Do you think this is, because um, I mean, you got to go by something, but do you feel optimistic? Should people be like, oh, cool, we're good? Or should they be like, oh, well, this is actually too close? Like, how do you feel about the polls? Well, I'm not going to tell anybody how to feel. I think that we learned our lesson about polling mm-hmm. uh, in 2016, where uh, when Hillary had an 84% chance of winning um, right before the election. So, and that was after um, Comey reopened the case against against her emails mm-hmm. because I think he was blackmailed. We don't have the IG report yet. A lot of people are mad at me for liking Comey. Sorry. <laughs> I still love Comey. Um, he's my homie. And I promise you guys, if it comes out that he wasn't blackmailed and he fucked Hillary, I will be very mad and I'll tell everybody. Yeah, but and I will personally I'm, punish him. That's I'm just... <laughs> No more sex for Comey, but I will sure. from me, and that's I'm his main source. Yeah. Now, um, so um, <laughs> conjecture, conjecture. <laughs> yes, nice job. So uh, I will. I'll be mad. I'll tell. I'll tell the world. But I'm waiting for the IG report to come out. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt until mm-hmm. then. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Fifty-two seats. Um, I would. I wouldn't be comfortable with a majority in the Senate unless we had fifty-two. Because mm-hmm. uh, even. I mean, Joe Manchin's a Republican, but there's even Heidi Heitkamp, who's kind of exactly. You know, so basically, not totally, but kind of fuck the polls and just keep getting people to vote regardless. Let's just try to, you know, when you just want to have a goal of like, let's not put a number on it. Let's just do as yeah, much as vote. we can. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about do this. Do your best. Mm-hmm. And, and also, because a lot of times people think it's not important to vote because they live in a state that votes one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in this situation, these numbers count. Yeah, yeah these numbers count more than because it's. The, yeah, 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 yeah. And not only that, so but I think but, a lot of people are still stuck in that. No, totally. Yeah. That's a good point. And now that, but your local elections are important. Um, yeah. Your propositions. Uh, they, I mean, why would you not want to have a say in what goes on in your city? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. To me, and to think you could have stopped Ted Cruz in his early stages if you're yeah. just paying attention. Or we right. could have stopped Trump. I mean, really, when he was thinking. just a larva. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wee little treasonous boy before the pupa stage. <laughs> Before he spawned <laughs> and before he's skin uh, and he, he traded shells. Oh, yeah, it was a beautiful transformation. <laughs> yeah. Metamorphosis. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great to do like a mockumentary about all of their origin stories and they all are related to reptiles. Ted yeah, Cruz is super, super Kafka. And I think it needs to be done by Stan Lee. <laughs> be, like superhero villains. Yeah. Nice. And he can make a he can make a cameo. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, time to flip it blue. fucking love that song i'm blue yeah. and i live in a blue house it's a guilty pleasure blue oh. shit and if everything's blue yeah, yeah. i thought he always said it, i'm that's blue a- if i were green i would die i think that's been a hotly debated <laughs> yeah so line. what the fuck yeah. is he saying we'll find out if i was green i would die or oh fuck i don't even know what else it could be yeah what's 
what it's gonna be fuck jill stein i think is what it means oh yeah yeah <laughs> play it backwards <laughs> All right, so there's a lot of untoward shit Republicans are trying to pull this election season. Uh, from Trump not spending a dime of the $120 million to prevent Russian interference to uh, blatant lies and attack ads like uh, Amr Kampanajar being called a jihadist and with ties to al-Qaeda, uh, to voter suppression and gerrymandering, even Matt Kemp, the Secretary of State, Secretary of, State of Georgia, running for governor against Stacey Abrams, potentially going to be the first black woman to ever be governor in our country, holding 53,000 ballots, uh, well, not ballots, but voter registration applications hostage, 70% of which are ethnic minorities, because of his new exact match rule, which is 100% completely designed to disenfranchise uh, people of color. Mm -hmm. Because if your voter registration information doesn't exactly match your ID, hyphen missing, wrong letter, you cannot vote. And disproportionally, it's non-whites that have names that are more difficult for the county clerks to enter into the system. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, this is the same Matt Kemp who said Russia could never attack Georgia's voter rolls and that it was stupid. But Georgia was named in Mueller's indictment of Russians as one of the states that was hacked by Russia. And uh, so there's just all sorts of terrible shit going on. But there's mm-hmm. but there's some good news. A lawsuit has been filed against him for holding those 53,000 ballots. And I think they'll win and he'll have to register them all. But Georgia, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, you can still vote. Bring your ID. If they don't if they don't have you exactly matched, ask for a provisional ballot. You shouldn't even have to have a provisional ballot. Just, you know, it's your right, you know, and, and make it make it happen. Yeah. Uh, more good news. There was a voting issue in Texas where a majority white city that has a majority black college was not going to allow the students to vote without writing a letter of residency. Uh, that's just a barrier to vote. And just Friday, the Secretary of State in Texas has said that the students can vote without any impediment. So, yay. Yeah. Uh, and there's more good news. I got a chance to talk to Ben Cohen from Ben and Jerry's about it. Let's take a listen. Hello, AG. What's going on? Hey, welcome. We're so glad to have you. So a, a couple weeks ago, the Associated Press reported that my favorite ice cream company is uh, creating Take Back Congress flavors for seven progressive congressional candidates. And one of them is Amar Kampanajar, who we've had on the show and is just an incredible candidate here running against Duncan Hunter in the 50th district in San Diego. And he's just truly one of the one of the coolest guys. So I was hoping maybe you could tell me a little bit about uh, what inspired you to create these flavors. You know, Jerry and I wanted to pull out all the stops uh, and do as much as we can to try to help flip Congress. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a recognition that uh, whatever any of us did last election, clearly it was not enough. And so for us, uh, pulling out all the stops meant uh, cranking up the old ice cream freezer. And uh, we decided to pick seven uh, candidates uh, for the House around the country that were very progressive and had a chance of unseating uh, some uh, Republican. And Amar is one of them. His flavor is Amar Aretto American Dream. It's a coffee ice cream with amaretto fudge swirl and chunks of almond biscotti. Yum. Yeah, yeah. So the idea was that, uh, you know, Amar is an interesting amalgam of, uh, you know, nationalities from different places. And uh, this flavor uh, also comes from a lot of different countries, Uh, you know, Italy and 
cocoa from Africa and uh, almonds from who knows where. I think probably California. Yep, probably California. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, it's the old uh, propaganda uh, and advertising uh, technique. Uh, tell them what you want to tell them, tell them often enough, and sooner or later they take it as a matter of fact. And, you know, I mean, the environment that we're in now is uh, that truth doesn't matter. Uh, but I do believe that, uh, you know, people, uh, progressives, uh, understand what what Amara is about and, and the other candidates. And uh, hopefully they're not going to be fooled. And, you know, I mean, I, I think that uh, my, my hope and my, uh, I guess my plea is that everybody really turn out to vote this time and donate as much money as you can can volunteer as much time as you can get as many of your friends to do the same because otherwise uh we're not gonna stop trump and uh and then it'll be official that uh americans knowing what they know now about uh the guy occupying the white house affirm that uh he's our president and we can't let that happen. Yeah, and it's a really bitter race down here, too. And they're pulling out all the dirty tactics. I know that there's some ads that have been running, and I think everyone's at least heard of them if they haven't seen them, where uh, Duncan Hunter is saying that he's like a jihadist with connections to terrorist groups. And it's just really a just those kind of just dirty propaganda tricks or are, are, are what we see every day here in, in our district. Yeah, I, I think. You know, people really need to understand that hope is not the answer. It's uh, getting on your feet and getting to the polls and getting your friends out and donating money to these candidates. Uh, you know, I was just talking with somebody about that that song. Uh, I think it was by John Mayer. Is talking. It's uh, waiting on the world to change, and uh, you know, it's talking about how young people. They're, you know, they just can't wait for the world to change so that, uh, you know, they can get involved in it. And, you know, the message really, that's not the right message. I mean, the message is that if you want the world to change, we got to make it change now. Yeah, and it's really up to us this time. We really have to turn out and, and, and make sure that we... We knock on doors and do everything we can. It's you're absolutely right, and uh, that was one of the great things that um, that Amar Kapanajar uh, talked to us about was just this grassroots campaign that he has going, and and I think it's really important to to spread that message, and that's why we're so glad you're here talking about uh, talking about this with uh, with us today. Is is this kind of you know you're going to be at your counter making forty pints? You know, we all have to kind of chip in and do this. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about democracy. That, uh, I mean, the, the reality is that there's more of us uh, than there is of them. It's just that us guys don't seem to be voting. And uh, we, you know, we got to change that. Otherwise, uh, 
democracy is going to work against us. I mean, it, it's not it's not rule of the people. It's rule of the people who vote. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's true. Um, when de- when Democrats don't show up, Republicans win. That's the only way they can win. And that and cheating uh, with Russia. But <laughs> uh, definitely uh, voter suppression is, uh, you know, a big part of it. And that's, you know, that's that's another hurdle that we need to overcome. So we need to get even more of us out to vote. And, you know, and the issue, I think, is that, you know, a lot of people very rightfully have uh, turned off to the political system and they've checked out and they don't vote because, you know, none of the candidates represent them. They're all corporate uh, candidates. But in these particular elections that uh, we are supporting, these are all progressives. These are all candidates that are not your run-of-the-mill uh, corporate clowns. Yeah, and it, it, it is really nice to, to see some authentic people running, and we really picked that up when we, when we spoke with uh, Amar Campanajar. He was just a, a truly a, a progressive uh, candidate, but he cares so much about his district, and he cares so much about, a, uh, about his uh, you know, constituents. And, and that's, I think that is what is the most important, is when people are representing the people they represent and not the corporations who fund them. Well, and the other amazing thing about Amar's campaign is that his opponent, the incumbent Republican, has been indicted for, uh, you know, campaign money fraud. Uh, (laughs) You know, I mean, as it says on the outside of his pint, uh, his opponent, Congressman Hunter, is barred from eating this ice cream. Not just because he's ended up behind bars, but also because he's been propped up by big money. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think it's really wonderful what you guys are doing. Um, our co-host, her she, her home state is Vermont. She loves you guys. We all love you. And I, I was just wondering if you can tell people, I think that there are going to be limited numbers of, of, of these flavors available for these seven candidates. And, and really quick, let me just say that these seven candidates are Jess King in Pennsylvania, Lauren Underwood in Illinois, uh, Aftab Puraval in Ohio, J.D. Shulton in Iowa, and of course, uh, Amr Kampanajar here in California. Um, Stephanie Rose Spalding in Colorado and James Thompson in Kansas. Can you tell uh, my listeners maybe where they can uh, get these pints? From the last reporting I read, you were going to raffle them off to raise money for these candidates. Uh, that's correct. We are. Uh, I am going to personally be making uh, forty pints of each flavor on my home ice cream maker on my counter. And uh, then we're going to raffle them off uh, through Move On. And uh, the way you can get them is by going to uh, moveon.org slash Ben and Jerry. Okay, great. Well, we'll send everybody over there. And uh, I, I assume that there'll be uh, updates at that, at that site when those uh, become available. And we really appreciate, appreciate you coming on today, everybody. It's uh, Ben Cohen from Ben & Jerry's. Thanks, Ben. All right. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. So Ben Cohen, what a cool guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to make that ice cream in his kitchen himself, Ooh. 40 pints for all seven candidates. That's so awesome. Um, this was a crazy episode. So we were just talking about uh, all this voter suppression shit that was happening. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely 
I don't know. I, it, it just seems so obvious to me what they're trying to do. And then and to hear the arguments like it, it, it makes me really mad that that people are that people argue for putting up barriers to vote. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm like, can't you see why they're making these rules? They're making it harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're disenfranchising people of color, people who usually vote Democrat, yeah. to vote, and the, that that's what your your rules do. They're, they're, getting... they're totally cool with breaking rules as long as it benefits them. Mm-hmm. And that's the same reason why people on on that side of the aisle, you could come up with all the facts about Trump being dirty that you want, but they're like, we don't care because the stuff we like is getting done. Absolutely, mm-hmm. so. Hindenburg effect. Someone should hashtag that. I really do feel like um, <laughs> my middle name is like it's misspelled on my like birth certificate because my mom misspelled it so i feel like it's so easy for someone to be fucked by that and they're being really creative and subtle about the ways that they fuck us and it's just like i don't even know if we can tackle them all at once i love that there's a case against it but gerrymandering has been an issue for so many years and Mm -hmm. people still really haven't caught on to that like as such a huge issue Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things they say oh well they do that you know well, there's a whole theory that um, the whole reason that they made weed illegal was so that they could make people of color, they could turn people of color into felons so mm-hmm. that they could take away their right to vote. Oh, yeah. War on drugs. Uh, so many minorities. And keep yeah. them in jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's uh, so people are like, weed is illegal because if can- it could cure cancer, the pharmaceutical companies would go under. I'm like, I don't think that's why weed is illegal. Right. I, I really think it was a, a suppression tool. Yeah. Yeah. Calling it marijuana even as opposed to calling it cannabis was a racist yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It was, it was to like fit into the narrative of oh, like, like people of color being drug users mm. and degenerates. On, on top of that, I think sometimes people that make those laws don't know what those drugs are. <laughs> like I, I, I was in Utah and they have really strict drinking rules. Like you can only order one drink at a time at a bar. Mm. So I went out there with, I did performed at a club and I was there with the comics and the waitresses. So I ordered uh, eight shots for all of us. Yeah, yeah. And the bartender was like, you need eight people. And I'm like, they're here. And I had to, like, count them out. Yeah, yeah. And then they gave us the shots. And it's because the Mormons over there came up with the drinking laws. But here's the thing. The people at that bar were the drunkest people I've ever seen. (laughs) Because instead of slowing them down, they just get a drink, pound it, and immediately order another one. That happened to my cat. two beers Mm -hmm. and just, (laughs) that happened to your cat? It happened to my cat. I have a really (laughs) fat cat, okay? He's like 28 pounds. Uh, and, and I was, I was, I had him on a diet, like a restrictive diet. So I was only feeding him like a can of softies in the morning and then a cup of crunchies at night. And he, when I put it in front of him, because it's a limited amount of food, he would eat the whole fucking thing. Wow. Right. But then I started free feeding him where I'm like, eat what you want, bro. And now he's not as scared. So he doesn't slam the drinks yeah, uh, and doesn't get, you know, yeah. shit faced. Mm-hmm. So now he's like, I can eat whatever I want. So I'm not scared. Exactly. He still comes and bothers me when it's like a quarter. <laughs> there's sure. like a quarter left because like, hey, I'm going to starve. They don't know. You're the person in charge of it. But yeah, the people that should be making rules about alcoholics or alcohol and, and drugs are alcoholics <laughs> and drug addicts. Mm-hmm. They know. Yeah. They're in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. not someone who's like uh, no knock on Mormons or religious people or people that don't party. That's fine, but like <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You need representation. You're right. Absolutely, it's, it's like me coming in and telling you how to, you should practice your religion. Like I don't even know which end of the book to start on. Yeah. So like I should shut up and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's it's like men making laws about my uterus. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Or I don't even have one of those parts. But here's what you should do to them. <laughs> Zoltan, let me tell you what you should do about your prostate. <laughs> <laughs> What is that again? Two fingers. <laughs> I think that's all I know about it. It's yeah, two it's nice. fingers. Conjecture. You're gonna get you're gonna get boofed in the pooper. <laughs> boofed in the pooper. It seems story. to be just out of reach. Mm. The prostate. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. It's the G spot. So I hope it's in Sultan's reach. It's my, one argu- it's my it's my main argument that uh, that God is definitely not male. 
Yeah. Oh. And you're like that you put it there. It's too Why hard. don't you put yeah. it somewhere like yeah. where you, like it's not two knuckles deep. Like <laughs> something way closer. Yes. Of course you do have your whole entire penis that's a G spot, so uh, that's true. you know what? There's, I don't feel so bad for you. I will um, not knock that. That is awesome. We have penis Although, in me here at Melissa Really. <laughs> the clitoris has like way more nerves in a concentrated area than the head of a penis. That's true. It just needs so much more. If like, you get to keep it, yeah. If you get to get, oh, we're going, we're going oh, to that. Going oh, genital yeah. mutilation. Yes, yeah. oh, All right, we guys. We're cool. Oh, oh, and that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, on uh, female genital mutilation, we're going to wrap the show up, you guys. Um, this was a crazy episode. There was so much news. I'm glad I got to share it all with you. Zoltan, tell us about your podcast, where people can find it. Oh, uh, it's called This Week in Zoltan, and it's on iTunes. And as smart and as informative as this show is, this is the opposite. And uh, <laughs> in a I mainly, good way. Yeah, yeah, I mainly talk about my week and my travel. So the latest episode is me on a cruise ship going through hurricanes, <laughs> uh, surrounded by rednecks and sleeping in bunk beds. So it's nice. pretty interesting. I do want to hear that. I Seriously. love your podcast, though. Honestly, it's yeah, one of the first you. I ever subscribed to. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can get it everywhere podcasts are. Yeah. Yeah. It's on uh, iTunes is the best place, but it's uh, yeah. everywhere else, too. Cool. All right. Any shows coming up next week you want to tell us about? Oh, yeah. I have uh, shows coming up in Washington, D.C., at the D.C. Comedy Loft, in Burbank, at Flappers, and uh, I'm going to be... Oh, the most... Detroit, Royal Oak, Michigan, I'll be headlining the Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. It's my first time there, so if you're in the area, come on out. Is it literally a castle? I don't know. But the I hope it palace is. Isn't a palace, and so. I hope the owner Mark Ridley is wearing a crown and a thing when I show up. And yeah. He knights me with a scepter, and then I go do my set. Like yeah. that's what I'm hoping happens. I hope um, that doesn't happen, so you can riff on that at the top of your set. <laughs> yes. Because yeah, otherwise it would be awkward. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, it's a castle. Make, make it that way. Yeah. 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 But yeah, go to go to my website zoltancomedy.com and see if I'm coming to a town near you. Yes. Ooh. Very professional. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot recommend Zoltan stand up enough, everybody. Definitely. Yeah. Nope. One of my favorites for sure. Gracias. Yeah. All right, guys, this has been fun. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And, wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone, this is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? 
What's it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What do you mean, for some reason, Will Forte? What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Teese, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that right? What we're drinking? It's amazing. It's amazing. Is it right? Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von Teese, friends, and listen to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis' first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.